Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Harrison for Gamecocks and volunteers in a massive SEC contest at Neyland Stadium. And we start at the quarterback position. And, of course, this was one of the biggest storylines for the volunteers heading in the 2023 season. Would Joe Milton be able to fill the shoes of the departed Hendon Hooker? And Hendon Hooker, guys, he was not just good last year. He was great. The guy had a historically good season. And I know that South Carolina made him look mortal. Obviously, he went down in that game, unfortunately, with an injury. But uh, Hendon Hooker was fantastic. And I'll tell you guys this, too. It's a damn shame that he was not invited to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony because certainly I thought he was deserving one of the best players in college football last season. And you look at Joe Milton's numbers. 80 for 128, eight touchdowns, one interception, 925 yards, 63% completion percentage, 231 yards per game. So you you hear those numbers, and it's not like Joe Milton's played terribly, right? It's not like Joe Milton has just been losing them games and he's been abysmal and there's some major quarterback controversy in Knoxville. But I think the angst and the gripes that you're hearing from Tennessee people, it more has to do with the missed opportunities in the passing game than anything. I I think it more so has to do with Joe Milton not having the accuracy that a Hendon Hooker has, right? Missing on some throws, that the opportunity is there to make the completion or hit the big play or, or what have you. And for whatever reason, those plays just are not there for Tennessee this year, whether it's an error from Joe Milton, whether it's a, a drop from a wide receiver, so on and so forth. So I think Joe Milton has been solid. I think he's probably been better than, than Tennessee fans or maybe some others out there want to give credit for. But I don't have any problems with the way Joe Milton has played for Tennessee, and I don't think there's any quarterback controversy. Again, eight touchdowns, one pick, almost 1,000 yards, 63% completion percentage. He could be a lot better, but could also be a lot worse. I think he's done a fine job at a center. But then you compare him to Spencer Rattler. And what Spencer Rattler has done to this point in the season. And guys, South Carolina doesn't just get the nod when it comes to the quarterback position when you go head-to-head against the Volunteers. Guys, there's not a quarterback in the SEC that's playing better than Spencer Rattler is right now. And so it more so has to do with, you know, Joe Milton hadn't been terrible, but when you're playing the way that Spencer Rattler is, putting his team on his back practically, making every big throw, not putting the football in harm's way. I think something, too, guys, that we have not talked about a lot that Spencer Rattler's doing a great job of. Have you guys noticed 
that he is working much more effectively in the pocket and getting outside the pocket, using his legs much more effectively than he did a season ago. Like, even with a porous offensive line, I think Spencer Rattler, I've noticed it most against Georgia and Mississippi State, he is doing a great job of extending drives, making plays with his feet. Like, I don't think anybody's ever going to call Spencer Rattler fast, but he's been quick and elusive and kept drives alive for South Carolina. And, you know, he's a guy that when he runs, he doesn't run to run. He runs to throw. He's looking down the field while on the move, looking for the open guy, and is able to make an accurate throw on the run. That makes him so lethal as well. So I give the Gamecocks the nod at quarterback, guys, obviously. And it's not because Joe Milton is terrible or, you know, obviously he's not what Hendon Hooker is. And I think anybody who expected that was setting themselves up for heartache. But it's simply the fact that there's no quarterback in the SEC that is playing on the level of Spencer Rattler right now. So Gamecocks get the nod at the quarterback position. We move to running back. And, hey, South Carolina – might have a running game, right? With Mario Anderson, I think he absolutely appears to be the answer for the Gamecocks with the game he had last week. And guys, I think that's how you know that the bar is in hell. When we are ranting and raving over a guy and his rushing yard performance, and Mario Anderson, guys, to be fair, didn't even rush for 100 yards. Didn't even hit four yards per carry. But the rushing attack has been so porous that that felt like a monumental win. But in all seriousness, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There are major reasons to be, to be encouraged by what Mario Anderson did, the physicality he provides, the edge, and I think the swagger that he runs with. And a guy who you can tell has played the running back position before, has been an RB1, has carried the load for a football team. And so, you know, that gives you signs of encouragement. Now, beyond Mario Anderson, is the carry-on joiner your RB2? Does Juju McDowell get action for the first time since Furman? And does Dontavius Braswell see the field at all? There are still major, major question marks in that South Carolina rushing attack. And then you look at Tennessee. They've got a bit of a three-headed monster back there with Jalen Wright, 
Japari Small, and then this guy Dylan Sampson, who I feel like just emerged out of nowhere, right? Tennessee, guys, is one of the best in college football at running the football. There's this common misconception that Josh Heupel, he wants to throw it 50 or 60 times a game and air it out, throw it out. They love to run the ball, guys. Love to run the football, right? Uh, they're actually one of the few teams, they may be the only team in the SEC that is averaging more yards per play running the ball than they are passing the ball. So that'll tell you something, just how good they've been in the rushing attack. So when it comes to the running backs, guys, I give Tennessee the nod here easily. Um, I, I like what South Carolina is doing right now with Mario Anderson. I'm very encouraged by what he can bring to the rushing attack. But still, it's Mario Anderson now and who else, right? How do you feel about the carry on Joyner still getting 10 to 15 carries in a game? Juju McDowell hadn't touched the ball in weeks. Meanwhile, for Tennessee, they have three dudes. And two of those three are proven, right? Have done it at a high level, rushed for over 1,000 yards last year, right and small are a really good combo. Uh, their top three ball carriers averaging, guys, 6.9, 6.1, and 7.4 yards per carry, right? So that's what it's going to come down to when it comes to stopping the ball, slowing them down, and certainly because of that, that three-headed monster, Tennessee has the advantage when it comes to the running back position. We move to wide receivers. And if I would have told you that this was one that I had to sit and think about, if I'd have told you before the season that there would be no Juice Wells, yet this was still one that I had to sit and think about it, you probably would have thought I was crazy. How could the Gamecocks receivers match up to Tennessee's wide receivers when there's no Juice Wells involved? Well, guys, let me introduce you to, not that you need an introduction, you know who he is, a man named Xavier Leggett, right? And this is the way that I look at this, because you look at Tennessee, Ramel Keaton, Brew McCoy, Squirrel White, uh, McCollin Castles. Uh, you know, they, they've got some dudes. Tennessee's got some weapons, no doubt. Has there been a dude that's really replaced the production that a Jalen Hyatt had? Not necessarily, but I think that anybody who expected that were, again, setting themselves up for heartache. Their leading receiver, Ramel Keaton, 12 catches for 205, three touchdowns on the year. Uh, you then go McCoy, 15 for 196. Squirrel White, 17 for 172. So they are really dispersing the football, right? Like a number of different guys are touching the football. But when you look at the South Carolina side, guys, when you have not just the best wide receiver in the SEC, but the best wide receiver in college football right now on your roster, it's going to help boost your unit. Now, the question for me still remains, what do you get out of the rest of the room? Is it Omega Blake? Is it Amarian Brown coming back from injury? Is it Eddie Lewis? Is it Nicholas Harbor getting some increased reps? Is it somebody else, right? So while I think there's more depth in the Tennessee wide receiver room, admittedly, of, of quality bodies, when you have a guy like Xavier Leggett, the best receiver in college football right now, and you still have a number of guys who are quality, maybe not to the level of Tennessee, but are still quality. Like, I like Omega Blake's game a lot right now. I like what Eddie Lewis has shown. If Nick Harbour ever gets the opportunities, touch the football, what have you, you know, he's going to burst on the scene. I give South Carolina the advantage at the wide receiver position. I like Tennessee's receivers, but again, when you have Xavier Leggett, when you've got the best wide receiver on the field, that goes a long way in giving you the nod when it comes to a position unit comparison, if you will. So Gamecocks with the advantage at wide receiver. Guys, we go to the tight end position. And the tight ends for Tennessee is, again, something that 
has been a bit of a mystery. You know, they have got not gotten nearly the production out of the tight end position that they got a season ago. Jacob Warren, the redshirt senior, a guy who has very comparable stats, actually, to a Trey Knox. Um, off to somewhat of a slow start this year. I mean, you look at his numbers, guys. Four catches for just 28 yards. He does have a touchdown on the season. but And you look back at his numbers, he's around a two or 300 yards per season kind of guy. Um, not really a, a game-changing tight end, right? He's not a Hayden Hurst out there, or a, a Jason Witten for the Tennessee folks. But he's a solid tight end at 6'6", 253, also a really good blocking tight end as well. You love to see Trey Knox for South Carolina get involved last week, finally with a touchdown catch. Uh, without a doubt, his best game as a Gamecock. I don't think we've really seen the emergence of Joshua Simon to this point, at least to the level that folks thought he was going to be. I'm going with a push at the tight end position. I think Warren and Knox are very comparable. And I think besides those two, both these teams have question marks. I think there's probably more upside and more high-end potential on the South Carolina side than there is the Tennessee side, although I say that. And Tennessee's got some young, high-flying freshmen that they are really, really excited about. But all in all, guys, I don't really feel confident giving one side or the other the nod here. So I am going to go with the push. It'll be interesting to see which team is most able to use its tight ends because for South Carolina, and both teams are going to pass the football, right? For the Gamecocks, Trey Knox, is he able to build off of that game against Mississippi State and continue to eliminate the drops? I think that's the thing that's hurt him the most at this point. And then for Tennessee, you know, getting Jacob Warren more involved and helping out those wide receivers. I mean, this is a guy that had zero catches against Florida. So all of his production has come against – we'll say lesser than competition. I mean, Virginia's power five, but they might as well not be. So um, the push at tight end for both the Gamecocks and Tennessee. We move to the offensive line. And guys, South Carolina's offensive line, give them credit. They've made some major, major strides ever since changes were implemented to go with youth over experience, right? The additions of Big Tree Mavalade, Trovon Bow, Jatavia Shiver, some of these other guys. I mean, it has done wonders on the Gamecocks offensive line. And when you think about what this line was against North Carolina and even Furman guys for the most part, but the strides that this group has taken since then, it's commendable. And you've really got to tip your cap to Lonnie Teasley and Shane Beamer and Dabble Loggins and, and that entire coaching staff. They even said this week, guys, in their media availabilities, they feel like they found the starting five. They found their five best guys, and that you know they've got some wiggle room beyond that. But they feel as if they are confident in these five guys, and it really speaks volumes at the fact that you know a guy like Big Tree Babalade, one maybe even two freshmen at times with Trovon Bow, are part of that starting lineup. Right? It really speaks to what you had coming in the season. The fact these young guys, these true freshmen, were able to take over. All that being said, guys, you look at Tennessee right now. The way they're running the football, 229 and a half yards per game. They are averaging 6.2 yards per carry. I understand the competition they've played. I totally get that. But three of five offensive linemen returned from last year. Obviously, they're having to replace Darnell Wright and Jerome Carvin were huge. Those were huge losses. Um, they did pick up John Campbell Jr. from Miami in the portal and Andre Karik out of Texas. And you look at the offensive line for Tennessee. It's not perfect by any means, 
But they've done such a great job of getting a run push and establishing the run. And I think even protecting Joe Milton. The Florida game was less than stellar. But all in all, as a whole, I look at these two offensive lines and I still trust Tennessee's more right now than I do South Carolina's just because of the fact that you have these youngsters, you have these true freshmen. And guys, even in the win against Mississippi State, you surrendered four sacks. So I think this offensive line has taken steps forward. I think they're making progress, but I think they still are a work in progress. Meanwhile, Tennessee with a veteran group on the offensive front that is getting a major push, especially in the rushing attack. For that reason, I give the nod to Tennessee when it comes to the big uglies up front. We move to the other side of the football now, the defensive line. And this is one that caused somewhat of a stir on social media this morning. Uh, Vols lost their top pass rusher, Byron Young. Uh, they did return to Omari Thomas, DeJon Terry. Uh, you know, guys, a, a really good front seven. Call it for what it is. Tennessee's defensive front has done a great job of getting after the quarterback. Their linebacker play as well. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun, and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it. Whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I've been impressed by South Carolina over the last couple of weeks. I have. I've been impressed by the Gamecocks against Georgia and Mississippi State. You know, you look right now, guys. We've all got our gripes 
and our complaints when it comes to the defense. And the secondary, we'll get there in a second, has not been good. They have not lived up to the standard. But getting lost in that shuffle, guys, South Carolina is quietly defending the run as well as they have in years. I mean, we all clamored for a better rushing defense. South Carolina's top half of the league right now. If you would have told me that the Gamecocks would be top half of the league in rushing defense, I probably would have told you you were crazy. Honestly, I, I just did not believe it. I did not see it, especially, especially after that first week of the season, right? Talk of Hemingway, Boogie Huntley. I think Jordan Strawn coming at back into form last week was huge for this group. If you can get JT Gear back, that's going to be big. I think Drew Tuazama has been a nice addition from UAB. Oh, by the way, let's not forget TJ Sanders, who's playing at a really high level. This one was tough for me. Um, you know, you mentioned you go back to Tennessee, man, and the guys they have up front and uh, Tyler Barron, another great one, six foot five, 260 pounds, guys. He has been unstoppable up front, already has four sacks. Uh, on the season. I'm going with a push here. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. The competition is who it is. Tennessee can only play who's on their schedule, and so they've had success against those opponents. And the Volunteers have registered, guys, 16 sacks on this season. Or I believe it's 17. 16 or 17 sacks. Either way, they've registered a ton of sacks. Lead the SEC in sacks. And they've obviously done a great job stopping the run. The reason I go push here is this. You put Tennessee's defensive front against that schedule South Carolina has faced, I think the numbers are very similar. Now, are the passing yards per game numbers different? I don't know. We can have that debate till we're blue in the face. But I think the rushing yards per game total, I think the sack numbers... I think they're very similar. Like, who you play, it does matter, guys. It does matter when you're talking about these teams and the numbers they've put up and statistics. So, I'm going push on the defensive front because what I've seen, I've seen Tennessee dominate lesser than, but I've seen South Carolina take major steps forward against competent competition, against SEC competition. And the one SEC game that Tennessee played in was Florida. And that defensive front got pushed around all night long. So, what is Tennessee up front? What is that defensive line? Because in one game against competition that actually matters, they got bullied. They got bullied flat out. So, I'm going with a push because, number one, I'm still unsure what Tennessee is. And, number two, South Carolina has taken major strides. In my mind, we move to the linebacker position. And this is one, guys, you've seen South Carolina at linebacker. Some improvements with guys like Stone Blanton, Debo Williams. You're seeing some more Bam Martin Scott. Pup Howard is getting more comfortable. You look at the Tennessee linebackers, and they are led, guys, by one of the best in the SEC and Aaron Beasley. A guy who has 29 tackles to his credit, seven and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks on the season. He was their leading tackler a season ago with 76. They also added BYU transfer Keenan Pill out of the transfer portal. And he has been solid 
to this point. Tennessee's done a great job stopping the run, guys. They've done a great job of getting after the quarterback. It has not just been the defensive front. Their linebacker play has been really, really, really active as well. And when you have a guy like Aaron Beasley leading the way, I, I like Debo Williams a lot, guys. I think Stone Blanton is coming along slowly but surely. I think he's coming along. Uh, I think depth, quality depth, is still a concern at the linebacker position for South Carolina. I think Tennessee has got more of that quality depth. And again, when you're led by a guy, like I just mentioned, like an Aaron Beasley, it helps out tremendously. Also, you look at linebacker guys, Elijah Herring, the second leading tackler for Tennessee. 24 tackles, two tackles for loss, to his credit because of that duo, because of more depth. I am giving Tennessee the nod when it comes to the linebacker position. We move to defensive back. The question is this when it comes to this. Do you believe that South Carolina is as bad as what we saw last week? That's the question. Do you believe they're actually 317 yards per game allowed bad? Are they 487 yards allowed to Will Rogers bad? Or or do you think it was a one-off? Do you think it was a blip on the radar? I think I fall somewhere in the middle. I have concerns about the Gamecock secondary, no doubt. But I don't think you're going to see them give up 500 yards passing per game. I think you're going to see the 317-yard-per-game total come down because admittedly, guys, South Carolina has played some of the best quarterbacks they're going to see on this year's schedule. You then look at the Tennessee side of things, guys, and obviously the secondary was a major issue for them last year, right? We all saw what Spencer Rattler and company did to that secondary in Columbia. Thus far, they're, at, they're allowing just 190 yards per game through the year. They've only allowed four passing touchdowns and 5.87 yards per completion. They've also snagged three interceptions. Pretty good numbers. Pretty good numbers. And I thought they did a pretty good job of limiting Graham Mertz. Um, I thought you saw some holes in that secondary, but for the most part, it was the rushing attack that gave Tennessee all those fits, not Graham Mertz and that downfield passing game. With that being said, are those numbers because Tennessee is some juggernaut in the secondary this year? They've made great strides in the secondary. And, you know, guys, this is a pass defense last year that finished 127th nationally. And the entire group came back. The entire group returned. Tamarian McDonald, Jalen McCullough, those are guys who give you a lot of experience or give Tennessee a lot of experience in the back end of the defense as well. They've been solid to this point. How good is Tennessee's secondary? We'll start to find out this weekend. Is South Carolina's secondary quite as bad as what we saw against Mississippi State? I don't think so, but it's not as good as it's been in years past. There's just worlds of uncertainty when it comes to these two groups. Because I'm not convinced Tennessee's as good as they've shown. And while South Carolina isn't as bad, I think, as they showed last week, like they still have major problems and major issues. And I think the pass defense is probably something that's going to continue to give them problems throughout the year. So, for those reasons, I'm going with a push at the defensive back spot. 
I'm going with a push here, guys. I, I think both of these units are comparable. I think at season's end, the statistics will be very comparable as well. And I don't really feel comfortable giving either side the nod here. So we're going to go push with the defensive backs. At kicker and punter. Now, this one's interesting. This one's interesting, right? Because South Carolina, admittedly, Beamer Ball has not been what we're accustomed to seeing at this point in the year. I mean, you know it's bad when fans are complaining that Kai Kroger is having an off year. He's off. What's wrong with Kai Kroger? Is he okay? What's going on with Kai Kroger, right? You know things are are uh, in disarray when Gamecock fans are, you know, complaining about their punter, if you will. You look at Tennessee, though, guys, had to replace both specialists from a season ago. So they came into this season with some question marks. You look at their totals. Jackson Ross is their punter, averaging 40.94 yards per punt, 52 for the long, uh, 350-plus yard punts. And then Charles Campbell, their field goal kicker, 5 for 6 on field goals, 83%, 3 for 3, 20 to 29, 1 for 1, 30 to 39, and 1 for 1, 40 to 49. His one miss came outside of 50 yards. His long this year is 42. So, when it comes to kicker and punter, guys, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to give the Gamecocks the nod here. But if we continue to see Kai Kroger and Mitch Jeter and just special teams as a whole not be what we're accustomed to seeing, I think this starts to become a conversation of maybe South Carolina doesn't get the nod, no-brainer get the nod on a weekend, week-out basis. All of a sudden, South Carolina's kickers and punters look kind of mortal. They look kind of normal, right? They don't, they don't look like the beamer ball to the moon that we've seen over the last couple of years. I'm not telling you I'm there yet, but it's something to keep an eye on. It's absolutely something to keep an eye on. And finally, guys, this one will be fun. Who has the advantage in regards to coaching? Now, Shane Beamer and Josh Heupel enter this game tied one-to-one in head-on-head matchups. And this game is going to go a long way in determining how these two coaches are viewed. And more importantly, how their programs are viewed, right? Josh Heupel got the better of Shane Beamer in year one with a blowout, and I mean a blowout victory at Neyland Stadium. Of course, South Carolina, Shane Beamer, returned the favor at Williams-Brice Stadium a season ago. And so now that's one of the biggest storylines going in this game, right? Two programs on similar trajectories, you could argue. Two coaches on similar trajectories. You look at what Tennessee did a season ago. With Josh Heupel at the helm, taking Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt, and what they did, and I know the Gamecocks beat them, guys. I get that. Everybody's going to bring up the head to head. I understand, but the fact of the matter is, Tennessee had the best season they had had, and God knows how long. Went to the Orange Bowl and won the Orange Bowl over Clemson. When you look at the rest of the Tennessee coaching staff, right? Because this isn't just head coaches; that's a big factor in it. But it's the entire coaching staff. We've been very impressed with Dabble Loggins at this point. 
done a great job. I mean, getting freeing up Spencer Rattler and allowing him to play free and fast and at a high level, he's done a great job. But he's only four games in. Clayton White, half the fan base wants Clayton White fired, right? So what is he really at D.C.? And then Pete Limbo, fantastic special teams coach. You look at this Tennessee coaching staff. Their offensive coordinator is Joey Hales. I believe that's how you say his name. Joey Hales, Halls A, whatever. He is the quarterbacks and offensive coordinator coach. Okay? Spent time at UCF with Josh Heupel. Has spent time at Tennessee coaching quarterbacks. Spent time at Oklahoma. Spent time at Utah State, at Missouri. So this is a dude that has followed Josh Heupel around. And so everywhere that Josh Heupel's gone, the offenses have been really good. He's been right there with him as, as his sidekick. And we all know that Josh Heupel's the guy behind the offense, but he's got his right-hand man there who's got a number of years of experience. You then look at Tim Banks, the defensive coordinator. One of the best in the business, guys. 16 years of defensive coordinator experience at the FBS level. Spent time at Penn State. Spent time at Illinois, Cincinnati. He was at Maryland. He was at Central Michigan. This dude has a long, long resume when it comes to coaching defense and coaching defense at a high level. Now, granted, last year, they were suspect. Finished the season strong, beating Clemson the way they did it. Give them credit. They were suspect, though. And their special teams coach, their special teams coach, I don't even know if they have him listed here. I don't even see him. Okay, no love for for special teams, I guess, from Tennessee. Uh, Here we go. Mike Eckler, never mind. He's the outside linebackers and special teams coordinator. Excuse me. Either way, when you look at coaching, this game will determine a lot in regards to, and a lot of people say, Chris, because I'm giving Tennessee the nod here when it comes to coaching. Let me go ahead and throw that out there. Now you understand more context of the conversation. People say, Chris, why why aren't you going with a push here? These coaches are tied one-to-one in record. Why aren't you going with a push? Let me explain why. You got more experience at OC. Whether the guy was an OC or not, he's been following Josh Heupel around. Josh Heupel is his own offensive coordinator, by the way. And the offense, spoiler, has been good everywhere he's been. Tim Banks, longer tenure DC at the FBS level. And guys, South Carolina's got a DC right now that folks won't go on. A lot of them do, at least. Pete Limbo, hey, no arguments here. He's the best special teams coordinator in all of college football. When you look at the two head coaches specifically, because a lot of weight falls on how we grade the head coach, right? The reason Josh Heupel gets the nod for me over Shane Beamer. Love Shane Beamer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But Shane Beamer, third year on the job. We still don't really know, guys, what Shane Beamer is going to be when he comes into his own and matures as a head coach. And, like, you know, at some point, right, the book is written on you. Like for Josh Heupel, good offense. You know what you're getting. He's won everywhere he's been. Shane Beamer is laying the building blocks right now. Shane Beamer's a great coach, guys. 
Shane Beamer's a master motivator. Shane Beamer has been able to squeeze blood out of a rock and get the most out of his football teams. Josh Heupel's one of the best offensive minds in college football. Therefore, one of the best coaches in college football. I lean Tennessee and give them a nod because of the experience. And, and, admittedly, guys, yes, South Carolina beat Tennessee last year. But are you telling me that Gamecock Nation isn't envious of what's happened at Tennessee? Josh Heupel took over a situation, you could argue, worse than South Carolina. And in two years, they're beating Alabama. They're winning 11 games. That hasn't quite happened at South Carolina, right? A a lot of folks have looked over and said, why is Tennessee having all this success, but South Carolina isn't? Now, again, Saturday's game is going to go a long way in this conversation because, hey, you have a losing record to a guy. It's, It's hard to justify you're a better coach than him or that you should be thought of as one of the best coaches in college football, but you can't beat this one guy, right? Or that that guy should be thought of below you. That's that's a conversation to have for sure. But right now, because of the way, because of what Josh Heupel has done in such a short time at Tennessee, not just winning, but winning big, I'm talking New Year's Six Bowl. I'm talking winning a New Year's Six Bowl. Because of what they've been able to do in the transfer portal, winning in the portal, Shane Beamer, Got Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells, but it's, it's been a real mixed bag since then. The transfer portal has hurt Carolina just as much as it's helped. So right now, because of those things, the experience, the early success at Tennessee, the overall track record of not just Heupel, but his entire coaching staff, I give Tennessee the slight edge. Slight is the key word, but the slight edge at coaching over South Carolina. That being said, it's a major storyline on Saturday because the winner of this game, it'll go a long way in determining which one of these coaches and which one of these programs has the leg up. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.